Kendi, Rockstars. Prepare for a treat, let's meet and greet some bands and singers that are super sweet Making music that's fun for boys and girls, help them learn about this great big world Fun for the family, yes it's true, your kids will love it and you will too Clap and dance and sing aloud, become a part of the kindy crowd These songs will make you move your feet and give your ears a great big treat So settle in, grab your guitars, and let's get to know our kindy rock stars Hello everyone and welcome to Kindy Rockstars. This is the show that gives you the stories behind the songs from some of the best bands and singers that are making fun, informative, educational, catchy, and occasionally silly songs for children and families. I'm your host, Patrick Adams, and each episode of Kindy Rockstars will feature an artist and a featured song. So let's get to this week's show. Joining me today is Emilisa De Jesus and Marla Venucci of Brighter Light Brigade. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me a little bit about yourselves and tell me about Brighter Light Brigade. Uh, so this is Emilisa. Uh, so I'm a Nashville native, and I guess our story probably starts meeting me and Marla um, in the early 2000s. I had just moved to Chicago. And I was taking some classes at the Old Town School of Folk Music. Um, my background was in classical music. And the Old Town School is like the antithesis of the classical world. And I was just diving into everything that caught my eye on the catalog. Guitar lessons, um, hip-hop dance, uh, like different choirs. Um, but anyway, so in... In this location of the Old Town School, which would have been the Lincoln Square location in the basement, they would have this community billboard, like, board where people would post um, like instruments for sale, looking for band members. And I would just, you know, look at it every week before my lessons. And um, one week, Marla had a flyer. <laughs> and it basically said something along the lines of, hey, these are my favorite artists. If they're yours too, let's get together and see what happens. And this was back in the days where, you know, you had your flyer and at the bottom, you put your phone number a bunch of times and cut out little tabs. So I, you know, <laughs> ripped off the tab and called the number and that's how we connected. And so it started off as us um, basically just doing cover. Like I would go to Marla's or we would meet up at the, at the old town school and we would do cover songs. And then that morphed into us writing our own songs. And then we started playing some open mics and then her friend, Lisa Yusk, who's an amazing singer and songwriter as well, um, she joined us. And then we were performing as a trio. And then we met, who's now my husband, at an open mic. And then we were performing as a band. We were um, initially the Patterson Project and then Back 40. And yeah, that's how we met and how we started becoming songwriters. And then um, Andy and I moved away to Austin, Texas. And that was the end of the band, sadly. <laughs> so but, sad. Uh, Yes, it was so sad. Um, but fast forward uh, to now, um, and Marla and I reconnected after I had, I mean, we'd always been in touch throughout the years, but I think reconnected more on that 
way we had connected initially as far as songwriting um, after my son was born in 2017. And we just kind of had this idea of writing songs together, but no real timeline. It was like, we should start writing again. So that's kind of um, how we know each other and how we reconnected. Um, Marla, is there anything you feel like I missed or that is crucial to the story? (laughs) Um, Well, I think just, um, you know, I want to say the first time Amy played one of her original songs for me, you know, when I put that ad up, I just thought I'd have someone fun to hang out with and play music. And then Amy showed up who, you know, played like six instruments and she sat down at the piano and started playing one of her originals and my mind was just blown. Um, So I've just been really excited for us to get to do music again. I think all these years we've wanted to come back to it. And so it's, it's really great to be doing this together. Are you, are you both, um, are you focused right now on making children's music or is it a combination of things? Uh, Well, so a writer led brigade. um, Well, I'll, I guess I should start probably when Marla and I reconnected because I feel like Rider Light Brigade's story is just a good life lesson in following your whims and, you know, ca- answering that call and then seeing where that leads. And then that cycle just kind of repeats and repeats. And uh, so anyway, so Marla and I, um, I guess this probably would have been the fall of 2018 and I belong to a songwriting collective called Thinking Outside the Blocks. It's run by Allie Moss and Bess Rogers, who are amazing musicians. And I, they're definitely my songwriting mentors. Um, and they were in the process of starting uh, basically like a online weekend songwriting retreat. And they needed some people to beta test it. And so I volunteered. And then I asked, you know, I, ha- I was like, I have this friend, Marla Venucci. She's a great songwriter. Um, we've both been wanting to get back into songwriting, you know, can she join us? And so she did. And that's where um, the song that we're going to talk about today, Kindness is King, came from. Um, we were, so the, the first part of that workshop was writing a song by yourself. And the afternoon part was doing a co-write. And I'm not usually somebody who likes to co-write, just I, I'm really introverted and I, I don't like coming up with ideas on the spot and, you know, having that, like, that's just not my personality, but this was a great way to like challenge that. And I think Allie and Bess, they felt like the best way for me to challenge that would be in a safe space. So I got paired up with Marla and um, the prompts were to write for an artist. Actually, I think that was maybe the prompt that we went with because there was another one, which I can't remember. (laughs) Yes. But we went with write for an artist And I had just seen Mavis Staples perform at the Ryman for her 80th birthday. So I was really inspired. I I love Mavis. And, you know, obviously she has this Chicago connection, which Marla and I are connected to as well. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, why don't we write a song for Mavis Staples? And Marla was like, yeah, let's do it. So that's how Kindness is King was born. We, you know, envisioned writing this song for Mavis, which I think challenged us to write outside of our usual styles. I would say my style is more kind of alt-country pop and Marla's tends to be bluesy, um, also alt-country. But because we were thinking like this is for Mavis Staples, it really got us outside of our usual, you know, go-tos. And then, you know, at the time, I think because we have sons and the world was already getting to be quite divided, 
um, we just wanted to put something or just write about something that I don't know, we felt would help us deal with what was going on and then, you know, help us help our kids deal with what was going on. So we wrote Kindness is King, which really, like I said, was the songwriting exercise. Um, but after we wrote it and the workshop ended, probably a month and a half later, we were like, this, we, maybe we should record this. It feels like this just shouldn't be a, a songwriting exercise song, that it really should be something that's out there. Very cool. So Marla, leading up to the point where you put that flyer up, what was your, what was your background? Yeah, um, well, I had uh, always been in choir and had tried to take guitar lessons when I was in the sixth grade unsuccessfully. Uh, my fingers hurt too much and I played a little piano, but um, I hadn't really had any formal training. And I had thought about maybe studying music in college and instead went for theater school, but then quickly realized I loved psychology. So I became a psychologist and um you know, I was missing music and I also had come to, you know, found the old town school as a place where you walk in the first day and everybody's a musician and it felt really welcoming. Um, you know, I'd always been one of those people who needed to play the song like every note the way it's supposed to be played. And so it was really a challenge for me to just explore and play different things. And I just, you know, I've always loved singing harmonies and just really wanted to find some people to play with. I didn't have a really big music community at that time because most of my friends weren't musicians. And so, yeah, so I just put up that old school flyer um, with the little tabs. And um, so we were really mostly writing breakup songs originally. Yeah. Um, someone, <laughs> someone had come to see us at an open mic and asked us to play at their wedding. And um you know, all three of us had had some significant stuff going on in our lives, um, including Lisa, our third singer. And so we said, you know, are you sure? Because really all we play is breakup songs. Um, and actually, I don't think they ended up calling us. But um, so, you know, the children's music, really, I think Amy was the driver, you know, and she could talk a little bit about her connection with Little Miss Anne. But I think, you know, becoming mothers, I had written a few children's songs after my son was born, but didn't really do anything with them. And, you know, just changes your perspective. And then also both being in mental health, you know, we had thought about, you know, how do we bring our focus on, you know, awareness of one's feelings and being able to express oneself and, you know, helping kids find ways to cope with difficult things. Like, how could we bring that too to the music? So those had been kind of the things that we'd been sort of thinking in the back of our heads. And I don't know that we had thought about Kindness is King as a children's song per se. And I think probably most of our music is like, family oriented versus kid oriented yeah. specifically, um, maybe with a few exceptions, but you know, that idea of like how do families cope um, was really in, in the back of our head. But I think that the child music influence or the kindy, kindy music, you know, um, really being involved in that world, you know, really Amy has been the driver for that. Yeah. They, tell me about your um, connection. I, I've found that the, you know, the kindy community is, is really just an amazing group of people, but um, mm -hmm. how, how, how did you connect with little Miss Anne? Yeah. So, and this is one of those things where I just feel like it was the universe, like putting it on a platter and saying here, here's an opportunity and just do what you want to do with it. But here's an opportunity. So at the time I was, um, and Marla spoke a little bit about our, you know, our career background and I'm a social worker, um, but I was kind of getting burnt out with it. And so um, I took a job as a nanny um, 
because I also, I love working with children. And when I nanny, I, it's funny because people are like, what are you, so why you're an LCSW, why are you nanny? <laughs> and I often think of it as like still being a social worker, just having a caseload of one. So uh, and you can really focus like your resources and like your expertise into this one family. Um, but I just, I worked for this wonderful family and they, they really took whatever suggestions I had as far as, you know, community offerings. And I would just, you know, be like, here, here's something we could do. Would you like us to do it? And one of those things was taking the Wiggle Worms, Wiggle Worms class at Old Town School. So again, here we are connected back to the Old Town School, which really is kind of a magical connector kind of place. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. And so we actually had seen Little Miss Ann. Um, so the city of Chicago hosts these and I don't know now that it's COVID era, but at the time, these weekly called the Juice Box series concerts. So they would have a lot of different children's artists. Um, like there was a capoeira class. But anyway, so Little Miss Anne had performed at that and the little girl I nannied for really loved her. And so when I saw Little Miss Anne taught at the Old Town School, I was like, this is a no brainer. We should, we should take her class. So that's how I met, like formally met Anne. Um, we both have a shared Filipino heritage. And so I think just naturally after class, we would connect on that and talk about um, just our shared heritage and common interests. And that led to, I, I think after class one day, we were just talking and it came up that I'm from Nashville. And she said, does that mean you play instruments? <laughs> and I said, actually, you know, I did grow up playing um, piano and violin singing. And she said, that's funny because my long time band member who did all those things. She played keyboards, violin, and was my background vocalist. She has moved on to pursue her full-time career more intensely. And I'm looking to fill that position. Um, do you want to audition? And, you know, I had not been playing music regularly for a while at that point. And I said, you know, it's been a while since I've played, but I'm happy to dust off my instruments. And, you know, I know a lot of the songs since we're taking your class. So yeah, I'd love to audition. Um, and so I auditioned and got, got the job. And I will say my first Little Miss Anne show, I was just amazed at how different it is from, for example, our Patterson Project Back yes. 40 <laughs> performances, which were like in smoky bars. And, you know, yeah. sometimes, I mean, there were times where I feel like we did grab the audience because of our three part. I feel like our three part harmonies were the yes. thing that really made us stand out. And, like, you know, in those moments, sometimes we could like, hush an audience but yeah. for the most part we were playing for people that weren't paying attention um <laughs> whereas <laughs> this this little miss ann show it was amazing because everyone there was just like all in and there are kids in the front you know the very front of the stage singing along to every song like every word to every song and bouncing up and down and the families were enjoying it and i was just i was just looking out into the crowd thinking one we are planting seeds and two, it was, and I had never experienced this before, where it was really a reciprocal experience. You know, we were providing the music that created this space, but then, you know, that reciprocal relationship of getting back what we put into it from the families was just, I remember like getting teary-eyed on stage being like, what is this? I can't, like, what's happening? <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so that was my, I remember that first show really, being something that led me to realize that there's a whole different way of sharing music that's out there that I have not yet experienced and that it's really powerful in this way. And um, so, and it's funny because she would mention to me, 
Um, most people who are in the kindy world don't go into it seeking to be a kindy artist. It just is something that kind of finds you and you answer the call and then you're in, and then you're in. Um, and that, that's definitely the case for me. And I'd say the case with Marla as well, but, um, yeah, after joining the band, I think maybe like a couple months later and asked if I wanted to do a joint album with her. And, you know, I'd never written any children's music and I let her know that I was like, you know, I haven't written any kids songs before. Um, a lot of my songs are very like mellow, uh, sad songs, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and, um, and she said, well, just give it a try. Um, and we'll see what happens. And I just am so appreciative of her for one, asking me to join her band and two, just kind of maybe seeing something in me that I didn't even see, um, because, once I wrote my first kid's song, they just kind of like came. Uh, it was like yeah. I, the floodgates opened and I was like, maybe I found my genre. <laughs> um, so I wrote, I, remember I wrote four songs in a month, which is unheard of for me. I would usually write maybe one song every two years. Um, and all of the songs made it onto our album, Keep On, which again was a joint album with Little Miss Anne. And my, my name for that album was Amy D. Um, but uh, so yeah, so when Kindness of King was written, um, and after we had recorded it, um, we were just, yeah, we were, we were thinking like, should this be in the kids world? And I think that was, that was the direction we decided because yeah. of us being parents and having kids and us really wanting to, to make that bridge for families. Um, and so, um, we got Dean Jones to produce it and, uh, Beth blends quickest to promote it. And, it was just really exciting for that to be out in the world. Um, and so this is, another, this is where another kind of like follow your whims, like answer the call comes into play. So we released it and like, that was kind of that Marla and I had left it at, you know, this was really fun. We should do this in the future sometime, but with no real timeline. Um, and then maybe like a month or two after we released kindness is King, we got this email from, from somebody in the music industry who was like, Hey, we love kindness is King and what's down coming down the pike for brighter light brigade. And we were like, um, well, we've had plans to do something, but just no real timeline just yet, <laughs> but maybe, you know, you, you can be our timeline. So that really got the ball rolling for us to, to think about what we wanted to do. And I know Marla had talked about bringing in um, kind of that socio emotional bent yeah. to the songwriting and so, um, so yeah, I guess, Marla, do you want to talk more about what, what's coming next? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, we'd written Kindness is King and, and then we had agreed to work on this album this year and we didn't have any material. And Amy was working on another project and it just felt like time was pushing and pushing and pushing. And Dean had his own timeline. And what's interesting is, you know, all the time that Amy was working with Anne, I was in a cover band, a, a 50s, 60s cover band, and it felt like a relief to not have to write anything. I felt like I'd been remarried. I was happy. I didn't have any material. I didn't have anything to talk about anymore. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's been really great for us both to find our voices as parents, as mothers, um, as people in healthcare, mental health care. Um, and so this album, it's pretty varied. Um, we had decided to write a few songs and then it's like the, it, the ideas just came out of us. I mean, we were still writing stuff 
on the airplane for me, in the car for Amy, in the studio. Um, and I don't know that we've perfectly selected what's going to make it yet. Um, but the but every song has some sort of social emotional component, whether it's about coping with the situation, whether it's about you know how to express feelings, whether it's about things that people and families and kids experience. Um, or whether it tells a story where something happened that, you know, evokes some types of, some type of feelings. Um, every song has some sort of component like that. Gotcha. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about kindness is King. Uh, talk about the message in that song. And I, I got to say, this is one of those topics that both kids and adults really should take to heart. Be kind to each other. <laughs> There's nothing worth arguing so you know vehemently about, but what, what was kind of the uh, impetus behind writing that? Interestingly, when we were recording the album, you know, COVID struck in the middle. So much of the album was recorded remotely. Um, and Amy sadly lost her mom in the middle of, uh, from when we began, not, not to COVID, but from when we began recording to the end. And, you know, when we decided to release, it was around the election. And like Amy had mentioned, things were so difficult and the message is really about um, acceptance and, you know, understanding diversity and, uh, in, you know, embracing diversity and using diversity as a way for us to sort of come together and, um, you know, help each other create solutions together. Amy, do you want to add anything about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting because we did, you know, we started this again, like fall of 2018, I believe, and. And the title came from, you know, that was another part of the songwriting workshop. It was, you know, collect titles during the week that you might want to explore during your co-write. And so Kindness is King was um, a title I had collected. And when we went with the Mavis prompt, it was like, this just seems like something that Mavis would sing about. So again, like Mavis is our inspiration. And um, yeah, it, it came together really quickly. And I think... Again, we were we were informed by the world events that were happening at the time, but even with the break, because we had started recording it that fall, and then you know my mom got sick, and then I had to to stop, and then COVID happened, and it just like <laughs> it was like oh when are we gonna? And then I don't even think like getting back to finishing the song really came to us until the election season, and it was like gosh, it, I feel like this song really should be out there right now and so um dean we just kind of picked up where we left off and again all of this was remotely um but even though you know a year and a half had passed it was like the message was even more timely as ever so it felt really good to release it we released it on world kindness day and um yeah it just it felt it felt right and i don't know we're happy that it's out there yeah Well, let's listen to the song. Here is Kindness is King by Brighter Light Brigade. Take your head. 
That was Kindness is King by Brighter Late Brigade. All right, Amy, Marla, tell people where they can stream and download that song and how they can connect with Brighter Late Brigade on social media. Yeah, so we are, I think I'm pretty much most of the digital platforms, Spotify, um, gosh, I, Apple that's Music. That's the main one I use. Yes, Apple Music. <laughs> Thanks, Marla. Um, we're also, you know, available for purchase on on Apple Music and Amazon. Um, we have a Bandcamp page as well. If you want to find us, we have a website which is brighterlightbrigade.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And because we're hoping to release, you know, this full Brighter Light Brigade album, hopefully in January, you'll start yeah. to see you know, some updates with that, but we are very excited for the music that's to come too. We'll also be doing a Kickstarter campaign. We'll hopefully get that going in the next month or two, and we'll have some um, awesome prizes, Brighter Light Brigade prizes or rewards. So you can find information about that on the Facebook page as well, or the website. Excellent. Thank you both so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank oh, you so much for having, having us. us.